In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order to give us true life. And life that feels like life. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there's a 1999 novel by a guy named Alan Spence, and the name of the novel is Way to Go. And what the novel is all about is this young man who begins his life as the only son of a undertaker. A mortuary person, somebody who owns his own mortuary, and, and it, it gets into his coming of age and, and all of the different things that he goes through that are just a little bit different because of who his father is, and, and because his mother died in childbirth, he is only around his father for all of this time. And so you have this, this young man who's growing up, living life trying to figure out who he is and trying to figure out how that's differentiated from the place where he grew up, which is in the midst of this mortuary. In fact, when he was put into timeout by his father, many a times he was put into timeout in a coffin. And many of the times that, that he remembers different things that maybe you and I remember, the first this, the first that, he remembers them as being associated somehow with death or some way that we would associate with death. In fact, even the first time that his dad catches him making out with a girl, it's because he snuck her into the mortuary and he's making out with her again in a coffin. And there's kind of a question that comes up when you read the book, and the question that comes up is, what is life like when we're surrounded by death all of the time? And how is this young man, Neil is his name, how does Neil's life reflect a little bit of that experience that we have of our own lives when they feel like they're surrounded by death. And that's certainly what it feels like right now as we're dealing with this virus outbreak. We're watching numbers from the World Health Organization skyrocket as we look at how many people have lost their lives to this horrible pandemic. And as we look at that, we, we start to live a little bit more with death. We start to live a little bit more inside of our own mortuaries, inside of our own tombs. And that brings us then to the gospel reading, where you have this scene, this scene that develops all around the death of this man whose name is Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. And you have these interesting ways that people are approaching death in the story. And first of all, you have Jesus sort of using a euphemism that the disciples don't understand. He uses this euphemism that says, hey, um, Lazarus has gone asleep and I must go to wake him. 
And the disciples go, well, can't he wake up on his own? You know, he has two sisters, I'm sure. They'll be happy to wake him up. Uh, Why do we have to go and wake him up? And then he has to tell them plainly, I mean that he's dead. And then they they get into this whole kind of crazy thing about like, okay, well, if he's dead, then why are we going? The the Pharisees are threatening your life, Jesus. Do you want to go and be dead too? To which Thomas, who is just kind of a crazy character in this, says, yes, let's go and die together. And he, he starts to kind of lead this almost chant of let's go to Bethany and die. Let's go to Bethany and die. And there's kind of this weird courage that comes up in in Thomas as he's looking at death. And so we we understand that there's all sorts of different ways that people approach death. Some people approach death with kind of of this Thomas-like fearlessness of, uh, well, yeah, we all have to go sometime, so I guess this is, is my time. And those people are the people that we want to stay away from as we're quarantined. Those are the people that were like, that's great, you can be over there. Six feet or more, please. But there's other people that are all wrapped up about it. There are people that, that are like, I, I don't know how to deal with this death thing. And as we live in this world with this virus, we live in a world where all of a sudden we could ignore death to some degree. But now, it's front and center. It's hard to ignore. It's right there. It's as if we've moved into Neil's house, into Neil's mortuary, and now we're trying to figure out how to live life in the midst of death. And that brings us back to that quarantining thing. Many of us have been quarantined now for two, three weeks, maybe even more. And we're starting to get that sensation of feeling like we're maybe stuck in a tomb ourselves. Maybe we're getting a little bit of tired of Zoom conference calls. Maybe we're getting a little bit tired of doing church via the internet. Maybe we're a little tired of anybody that we meet while even while we're out on a walk creating even more distance between us than what is even necessary because there's this virus. And we feel isolated. And we feel trapped. We feel like we're in a tomb. I wonder what it felt like for Lazarus, those first couple of moments. You know, you you have this sense of uh, Lazarus is is in the tomb and Jesus is praying to his father and he's saying, Lord, I thank you that that you have enabled this opportunity to show your glory. And, uh, And we don't really know at what point Lazarus actually becomes alive again. At what point he actually gets up, and and that's got to be a weird feeling to have everything on you wrapped up and your face is wrapped up. And what does that have to feel like? Even to know that there is this big stone in front of your tomb, and you wake up and you're covered with stuff and it's all dark. And then you hear Jesus' voice. Lazarus come out. 
I think there's something to this story that is beyond just Jesus showing the glory of God, that God can raise people from the dead. I think that there's something more for that if you're a Christian. Because if you're a Christian, we're kind of in that Lazarus moment. If you're a Christian, you're in that moment where you have been made alive. You're alive. You're, you're in the tomb, but you're alive. And it's a strange place to be because you're sort of stuck between being alive and being fully alive. And that's where we are in terms of our being quarantined as well, is that we're sort of stuck between being alive and being fully alive. We're alive. We can do all sorts of things. We can watch Netflix. We can watch YouTube. We can listen to stuff on Spotify. We can do games. We can do whatever. But it's still not really full life. And in an age and a day where we're so used to so many things being so instantaneous, it's maybe hard for us sometimes to recognize that in Christianity that we're actually waiting for something. We're waiting to be made fully alive. We're waiting to be made resurrected. That this moment that we're having together as a culture is really just a picture of what life for us as Christians is. Life for us Christians right now is life. And we can celebrate that we're alive, that we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts and that he has woken our hearts up and he's getting us ready for eternity. But we also have to recognize that right now it kind of feels like we're stuck in a tomb. Right now it kind of feels like there's still something more. And the good news is that there is something more. And that something more is the resurrection and the life. It's the thing that Jesus promises to us. He promises us that we will not always encounter him through a Zoom conference call. In fact, one day we will stand together with Jesus face to face. Just as we're able to stand with our friends face to face and arm in arm and hugging one another and loving on one another. And that is what the resurrection is going to be. And that is the picture that we are given in the midst of this outbreak. The picture that we are given of what life really is. Because right now, we're encountering a moment where life is less than what it used to be. And so let us this week reflect on how this doesn't feel right. How our sins and the sins of other people have created a sinful world. A world that is filled with the virus of sin, death, and the devil. And let's reflect on how awful it feels to be sinful and how those sins really distance us from God and distance us from the people around us. 
And let us repent of those things. But even more than that, let us believe in the gospel of a Jesus Christ who came into our world to communicate with us on our level, on a level that seemed, it must have seemed to him like it was just virtual, but encountered us in such a way that he could invite us into life as it truly should be. A life that he will give to us one day as he calls into our tombs. And he says to us, you, come out and begin to live life the way that I created it to be lived. Amen.